Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. The home loan process was super easy for them. Bowersockteam.com is where you need to go to let Aaron Bowersock handle all your home loan needs. That is Aaron Bowersock. She's your home loan expert. Bowersockteam.com. All right, still talking about that 76-71 win for Texas last night over Baylor. Here right now, we uh, told you we had this audio. We'll go ahead and run that right now. It is Craig and Eddie's post-game conversation with Texas interim head coach Rodney Terry. What a ball game! We were saying you expect that from the number 10 and 11 teams in the country, just punch and counter punch. And I know you have to be proud of how your guys answered every time Baylor made a real run and a real push at you. Really proud of the guys tonight, uh, Craig. We came in, uh, uh, came back off a of one-day prep, and I really challenged the guys. Um, you know, as we finish up January here, January is the grind, and our guys have really embraced the grind all month. But we needed to finish this off, and we needed to continue to try to improve defensively. You know, as you go into February, we start talking about separation month, and teams start separating themselves. The teams that really get good separation are the teams that improve in the areas where they have to continue to, to, to get better and want to be elite. And for us, I challenge our guys to start that yesterday. And they came in and had a great prep day yesterday talking about nothing but defense. We're going to win this game with our defense. We'll score enough points and figure out how we need to score, but we're going to win this game with defense against a really good offensive team coming in here well to your point Baylor had hit five of its first six three-point shots and they wound up only hitting three of their last 20 three-pointers what changed what was the difference in how you guarded them so well on the perimeter well we watched the threes that we gave up in the first half on video again and uh um, you know, we gave too much separation. About two or three of those threes were on us a little bit, not taking anything away from those guys because they're good, really good shooters if they're open. But but uh, we just needed to clean clean up some things and not give these guys much separation. I thought there were a lot of really good contested threes. And, and I thought our guys, when they, they their guards do a great job of trying to size you up and shoot the ball right in your face. I thought our guys did a really good job of not backing up, and we emphasized that yesterday, climb into those guys and make them take tough threes without fouling. And I thought we did a really good job of that. They made two threes in the second half, and we turned the ball over twice in the second half. So we cut our turnovers back. We had seven turnovers at the half, and uh, we played Texas basketball. Uh, how about your Swiss Army knife, Javari Rice? Uh, he just, he, is it a field thing? I mean, when he's going like that and knocks down those four threes and we know he's going to be tough on the foul line, it's it's pretty impressive to watch him deliver whatever it is you're needing him to deliver. Well, we came into this year, you know, with, with the intent that he needed to be a shooter for us this year. Um, you know, alone came the shot fake, and we love the shot fake, but we also love his shooting ability and shot making ability as well. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he's been working really hard on his shooting, and he's had some really, really good practices over the last week and a half, and I think it's carried over into the games. Rodney, something I think is so important is how you started the second half. The first time out, they were one for seven. I thought you set the pace up to tempo of this game, forcing him one for seven from field the first five minutes second half. Everything was all defense for this game. I mean, we, we, we knew coming into this game we were, we were going to have to win this game with our defense sitting down, you know, and uh, uh, it's really hard to hold a really good offensive team. Baylor's a really good offensive team, well-coached team. And, uh, 
you know, we our goal was to try to hold these guys to 65 or less. I mean, they got 71, but we we really guarded hard tonight. We 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 couldn't give up nine threes to get. You know, they make nine threes, they win the game. You know, they had eight tonight. We tried to tried to see if we could have at least I think it was six or seven or less. It's what we tried to shoot for. Roddy, what about a, a chance for the guys to catch your breath a little bit since you don't play again until Saturday, but then you got a tough <clears throat> two game road swing. What's it going to be like uh, for the team and how you approach the next few days? Well, they earn a day off uh, tomorrow. I know we don't have school and you know they can have a chance to kind of hit the reset button and recharge a little bit. Uh, we had a long trip over to Knoxville, came back here yesterday and got back on the floor again with a quick turnaround for tonight's game. Uh, they need to recharge a little bit right now. We'll do that tomorrow with recovery and not do anything basketball-wise. And, and then we'll come back the next couple of days and really get going again and try to get, get ready for another really tough Big 12 game on the road. Are you going to recharge too? I'm going to try to recharge too a little bit. <laughs> Coaches get tired too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. Um, so there it is, our uh, post-game conversation with uh, Rodney Terry. Yeah, uh, I was on the elevator going, leaving the arena last night with RT. Uh, his wife, Seth Davis, and his family were also on that ride. And, and you could tell RT just he, he needed a, he needed to breathe a little bit. He was he was going to sleep a little a little bit more easy. Yeah, last night. Uh, yeah, it, it was you know obviously a, a big win for everybody, uh, uh, Rodney Terry included. So it was yeah, a, uh, I, and he did. Uh, he I thought he did a really good job in in talking about how his guys, like you said, Jeff, made the adjustments to guard the perimeter better. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like how he said, you know, we went in halftime and looked at the threes they made. You know, they – I know this staff has talked about what a great video crew they're They're they amazing. Have, Watching man, them on the plane work, it's amazing. It, yeah, it's – that hats off to your video team to be able to – and I, look, Cameron, you might have a better frame of reference on, on this stuff than I do, but to be able to – film a game and get cut-ups done that fast mm-hmm. of exactly what the head coach wants to see, yeah. uh, that's that's remarkable stuff. That's big-time stuff. Yeah, yeah. They and, and Rodney's mentioned this on Longhorn Weekly, and I had him talk about it a little bit last Thursday. Uh, his GAs, the grad assistants and video guys, Brock Baronado, the guy we know as Fireball, for them and the rest of the, of the GAs uh, and and the assistants and they're all diving into it and they've they've got the laptops pulled up and and I know Texas isn't the only team that does this in the country they're you know really good teams they have really good video staffs and GAs and all that so they're not you know alone on an island or that sort of thing uh, but you see it with your own eyes you can't help but be impressed and as Rodney mentioned those guys have by the time. The plane lands from a from a flight of some length, whether it be Ames or, or Morgantown. By the time the plane lands, they have the game that they've just done completely cut up and broken down into the segments of offense and defense and special situations and out of bounds and all those things. And they have the same thing done for the opponent coming off their game. And they have it all ready to go by the time they walk off the plane. So it's crazy. Yeah. So I it, it's impressive what they do. And uh, and and to hear him do that, and and I'm and and I'm here to say that I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Jeff brought the segment back in there. Because we need to get you a life alert. <laughs> you know, you, you drive down here, and it's and, and there's some risk, 
and uh, you know, and then you know, you you slip and you slide your way through there. I pull into the parking lot, and I'm you know happy about it. I'm like, okay, all right, again, go go right on in, get out, and whoop, legs go right out from under me when I'm walking in. It's kind of like you see in the you know the sitcom, the boom, and I hit. No big deal, because uh, I landed on my most upholstered area of my body. So it wasn't that big a deal if coming you, in. If you land, you hope you land on the rump roast. And that's exactly yeah. what I did. During the break, I said, i got to go run out to the truck, because my laptop in my – I'd actually loaded the backpack in the car while I was defrosting and everything, so I just stuck the laptop in my roller bag. i like, i got to get that out of there. And as I found out one day last week, got to make sure the computer is with you yes. when you leave the house. So I go down there to get it, go down the steps, going, and, and, I, and it's in my mind about being more careful about it, but nevertheless, whoop, legs go out again, hit the ground a little bit harder, I felt it, but still kind of laughing about it. And, and I'm like, okay, all right, then get up, get the, get the laptop out of the roller bag, leave, turn, get on the thing, whoop, it happened again. And, and this time it kind of hurt because I, I landed on my rear, but I also hit my elbow, but it didn't it didn't do any damage. But it's just like, walk much, you know, <laughs> in, in, in icy conditions? Come on, man. Get your act together. So it, three times. So the, the, be careful. It reminds me that there's this skit on Saturday Night Live that my, that my older brother and I used to talk about. It was from 1990 with Tom Hanks. And... Uh, it was the the same episode where he becomes a member of the Five Timers Club, that deal. And uh, they recently re-aired it uh, on NBC, and I had a DVR set, and I rolled it, and it had this one skit where Tom Hanks is is in there uh, with, um, I think, uh, Jan Hooks and a, and a couple others in there, and they like all... He tastes this milk that's real sour, and the whole family has to taste it. Oh, like, let me see. Oh, that's just awful. That's rancid. Here, let me try it. And then they all have to sit on the nail, and they all have to fall down the stairs. And it's like, <laughs> you know, one guy does it, and then the rest of the family. That's what it was like. It was like, how many times could I fall on my butt going out to the truck and back? Three right now, and counting, because the show and the day is still young. When you talk about SNL commercials and stuff, I didn't know if you were going to make a colon blow reference. Love that. If you, if Love you got, I don't know if you got into that kind of dice. How many, how many bowls now, Phil Hartman? You know, one million. Um, so you're good. I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if that. That's. I was telling you during the break. That's a really nice Bally's jacket. That North Face Bally's jacket you got. It's one of the few actual things that you know bally's material wise doing all those state championships say hey we got a jacket for oh okay (laughs) um and when you're getting ready to go to morgantown now again i've not heard that there's been any alteration to the plan okay but the texas women are still planning to leave today to fly to morgantown where it's not icy but there is snow falling uh in uh morgantown yeah temperature about the same snow falling up there but uh, they're due to fly up there and uh, they start Big 12 Conference, play the second half of it tomorrow night at the WVU Coliseum against West Virginia. So here's uh, here's what we'll do right now. I know everybody wants to talk about Big 12 schedule release and what could be coming at 1 o'clock today. Yeah. We'll, that will be the second notebook because I want to devote an entire notebook to the Big 12 schedule release. What, I can hardly wait. What we know, what we think is going to happen, what we've heard might happen, predictions. We'll get into all that with the schedule release. Well, one thing I want to hit on before we get out of this segment. Incidentally, this is the most 
uh, uh, anticipated excitement discussed from the fan base schedule release this this borders on nfl schedule release conversation like we always have yeah. when it comes out for every pay because of the newbies coming in and what's expected to be the final year for texas and oklahoma to be competing in the big Twelve. Well, let's talk about the moody center really quick okay. because yes it was loud in the building last night it yes was. the corral has made a massive difference our uh, fearless leader uh Jason Nasur texted me at one point. He goes, it's my first game in here. He goes, it's bleeping loud. <laughs> okay. And I'm not taking away anything from crowd participation. It was great last night. It was. The sound system at Moody last night, it was absurdly loud, was it not? It's a little obtrusive, isn't it? Yeah. With the, with the like, noise. it was cranked up more than it has been probably since the opener. Like, for the opener, it was one of those deals where yeah. it was really loud. And I know they talk about, okay, we're just still working out the kinks, figuring out the right levels. But last night, that SOB was cranked up about as high as it could go. I, I'm wondering, yeah, it got to the point where uh, Patrick Davis, our engineer, when we're coming out of a break and Eddie Orrin's microphone is on and my microphone is on and I'm coming up and I usually am, am reading a drop-in announcement thing and mm-hmm. then moving on, Patrick was having to mute Eddie's microphone just so it was only my mic was open because of the, the volume level just to be able to uh, get the announcement out. Man. Yeah, it was it is extremely loud, and it and it's made me wonder. I think I know the the way this deal works is that it's turned over to that game day crew, the the crew that handles the volume on those kinds of things, and the DJ and all that other stuff. Um, and and clearly, they I don't think have been instructed to change anything have not been told anything by ut athletics you know might want to dial it back just a notch or two because it's 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 uncomfortable loud there's loud and you want the great environment so you know like the utep game it was uncomfortably loud but that was understandable it's the first game of the year yep. you're figuring everything yep. out and then it's it's been fine it's been mm-hmm. tolerable last night man especially sitting where we sit on press row where you're right there next to it it was I left with a headache last night. And again, I'm And not, I know, and we're telling people to get off our lawns, too. Yeah, you know, by it's saying a little that bit of that, that, but yeah. the crowd participation was was great. It was awesome. Yeah. And Scott Drew said after the game, he said, hey, man, it's a tough place to play. They did a great job putting this thing together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's loud. And yeah, te- Texas, Texas men's basketball has a legitimate home court advantage mm-hmm. for the first time in my lifetime where you can say, hey, you go down to play in Austin, it, it's going to be tough. Probably for the first time since like the early seventies at Gregory Gym. Yeah, when they when they had a lot of when Leon Black was coaching and they were making NCAA tournament runs. Probably then. Because even, even even Rick's really good teams. Yeah. Like I remember the Kevin Durant year, like being able to walk up and get like five dollar mezzanine tickets yeah. just at, at right before tip. And you know? and uh, you know there were selected home games yeah. where you would have the real lot of it. Kansas, OU, A&M. Mm-hmm. And if there was a big non-conference home, Villanova or Wake Forest maybe. UConn. UConn. That, that was pretty much it. The rest of the time, it wasn't. It just wasn't the same. Like I told you, the best, the best environments I've been in, in the, inside the Irwin Center for were high school basketball games, some of those state tournament games, especially when you got like, uh, what year was it that Marcus Smart and Flower Mound Marcus were playing – yeah, uh, 2013 or so. The Harrison Twins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some to of speak those games on the, were epic. The crowd level for Monday or Tuesday's night game, women's game against Oklahoma State, J.C. Hoyt 
the Cowgirls head coach, took her team off the floor to go back inside the tunnel to talk to her team because the music was too loud. Man, that's wild. But it's it's uh, no, it's no, great that Texas has a home court advantage. I did not know that, Cam. That's, that's wild. <laughs> that's something else, isn't it? It's going to be like, you remember uh, those Bulls-Jazz final series? Yes. Where, like Inside the Delta Center where Phil Jackson had to wear earplugs. Yep. Everybody on the bench had to wear earplugs because yeah. it was just insanely loud. I, I think that's, like, that's what Moody Center's becoming. Quickly. At certain points, I want to pull a John Elway and turn around and just, you know, pull, pull <laughs> yeah, the yeah, crowd. Yeah, right. Come on, guys. Jalen Hurst did that a couple of times. Philadelphia, yeah. when we were getting down near the goal line against the 49ers, he was like, hey, let's quiet down a little bit. Simmer down now. You know, just doing a little bit of that. Uh, we got we got time to hear this Jabari Rice audio, do we? Yeah, not? yeah, we do. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, Jabari, of course, wound up being the leading scorer, twenty one point six rebounds, four big threes. The last three were huge clutch threes, as well, and uh, that was part of the conversation that I had with Jabari. I've asked you about this before, having that before certain feel of it. And you knocked down four threes in the second half. Is that a feel thing and rhythm? I know the guys were wanting to get you the ball a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's all my teammates, honestly. Um, I give them all the credit. They just found me when I was open and I was able to knock down the shots from the time that I put in every day. How important was it for what you guys did defensively based on what Baylor is capable of doing offensively? Oh, yeah, it was a big uh, emphasis on guarding one-on-one defense and being able to play team defense and playing better defense than we did against Tennessee. We felt like um, Tennessee imposed their will on us. And so uh, tonight we wanted to impose our will on the defensive end, and it worked out on both ends. Does it require a lot of discipline to make sure you can be physical, impose your will, and yet not get into foul trouble? Yes, I got four fouls tonight, so I was a little bit in foul trouble. But honestly, it just kind of comes with the game, and as long as it's smart fouls and, and you're playing with your hair on fire, it's okay. Feel good to be in first place in the Midway Marker Conference play? Uh, yeah, it's all right. I don't really feel it because we don't have a trophy in our hand. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a trophy in our hands yet. It's only halfway through, and that's a good perspective to have about it. It's good to be where they are. You'd rather be in first than any other spot in the standings. But, again, it's only the halfway point, as we mentioned. It's going to be a grind all the way through. And, and really and truly, to be honest, longers are hitting the tougher stretch of the schedule will be the For second sure, half. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, by having to go to K-State and Kansas back-to-back. Come I play home. Kansas twice. Yeah, yeah. Got the rematch with Baylor. Got a rematch with TCU in Fort Worth. Got yeah. a rematch with Baylor on the road. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and K-State on the road. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be difficult. I, I look at it, Craig, like last night was huge. The way I look at the, you know, your wins and losses in conference, you're talking about splits and sweeps, right? The yeah. opponents that you can sweep, especially like, you know, Oklahoma. We saw it with Oklahoma State. Man, can you can you get that win on your home floor mm-hmm. to finish off a, ser- a series sweep of somebody? Oklahoma and West Virginia. Yeah. If you um, get those, you've already done it with Oklahoma you State. You know, with TCU, Baylor, you're at least going to split those games. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get a split by beating K-State on Saturday, that's going to mm-hmm. be massive mm-hmm. coming down the stretch. Yep. If, if, if you can split the Kansas, K-State, Baylor, and uh, TCU series, that, that's big. Uh, that does mean four more losses. Iowa State, too. And 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 then if you're you're beating Iowa State at home, and then can you sweep Tech on the road? Yeah. Can you get the sweeps over Oklahoma uh, and West Virginia? If you do that, you finish twelve and six in the league. Twelve and six. Twelve and six might win the league. Close. I think it might be second or uh, right around there, or maybe a tie for it. So you think I, you think thirteen is the magic number? Probably. It, probably. Four, 14 and four will definitely do it for sure. I think. Yeah. If they go seven and two in the second half, they're going to win the league. Yeah. Uh, thirteen and five might, uh, but it, it's right in that area. I think anyway. With the way this league is, we'll we'll 
you know, we'll see how it is, um, you know, with that. Um, let's see. Somebody said, oh, games against Texas Tech with Penders off the charts. Arkansas, yeah, there was something about that. Uh, somebody said, we attend every women's home game at Moody. The complaints are consistent about the ridiculous volume of the music. Very unprofessional. No, actually, it's quite professional because it's like <laughs> that's what pro sports teams do. Uh, that, that It's what, what you're experiencing if you go in an NBA arena. It's very much the same. It is. Yeah. And it says, can't CDC do something about this? I don't think I don't that, he, that he wants can, to. I don't think he cares to do anything about it because the students love it. Mm-hmm. And they're all happening about it. Like so said, the, the arena volume. I'm just going to bring earplugs from now on. Yeah, you know, because I can't have a conversation with the person sitting next to me anyway. Yeah, uh, and plus, you know, I know I'm making my voice known about it, but let's be honest, man, that's not that's not about me. You know. Yeah. And 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 the, and the older folks, it's not about what anybody else wants. Like you said, Craig, the students love it, the players love it. It's a problem for the opponents. So. Yeah. There's no reason for CDC to change it. Yeah. Uh, Stoner said, just glad the clocks worked sufficiently. I found out that because of what happened with the women's game Saturday night and the snafus with the the shot clocks and things like that, that the people from Doctronics, who handled a lot of Mm -hmm. that stuff, were there until the wee hours of Sunday morning working it, and that they had what was described to me as an army – of Doctronics people in the arena last night in case there was an issue. On scramble, scramble, like a SWAT team to get those clocks up and running. But fortunately, there were no issues. It all worked out well. 